This message is brought to you by Alliance Bible Church located in Mequon, Wisconsin. Our vision is to captivate generations with the satisfying gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Alliance Bible Church or other resources, please check out our website, myabc.church. The scripture reading for today is John 15, 1 through 8. I am the vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch, and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is God's word. Good morning, everyone. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, Did you get enough to eat? Anybody not get enough to eat? Well, I hope you had uh, plenty of delicious food, and I also uh, hope you had the experience of being able to just get to stop from work and be able to slow things down, relax for a while. Um, Often it's when we get away from activity, and it probably happens uh, annually this time of year, where we get to just find ourselves uh, not being able to do a lot, but just sitting and and being with others. And we we see where our true lives are at. Um, And we can reflect uh, on the impact that we've had on others. We can reflect on the past year. Um, some of us are, are, are ready to look forward to the new year. And, and as we've reflected back, we, we've been happy with what we see, and uh, some of us are, are not happy with what we see. But the gift of these days that goes along with Christmas is that opportunity uh, just to, to get off the busyness and the activity uh, and to be able to reflect. And, that's, and, and as we look to the, the next few days, we see that New Year's is coming up. For some of us, that means the, it's the New Year's resolution. Uh, It might mean a health or a fitness goal. Uh, It might mean making better choices in the kitchen. Um, It might be accomplishing something on our bucket list. Uh, But no matter what the specific thing it is, in general, many of us are trying to be more aware of how to bring about more goodness in our lives and uh, renewing our efforts to be a blessing to others. And in our scripture reading, the concept that is captured uh, is the phrase, Uh, the idea of bearing fruit. So we want to know if our lives are bearing fruit. We want to know if we're making a difference. We want to know if we're having value in the grand scheme of things. And our scripture is going to teach us how to do it. The parable of the vine and branches is a simple one and a familiar one to many of us. And I thought that today's message should be both simple and familiar Uh, Because hopefully those are two things that we've really appreciated about this past week uh, as we spent time with loved ones. 
Um, so we're going to ask ourselves three simple questions this morning. Uh, do I have a relationship with God? Am I bearing fruit? And how do I abide in Christ? So let's read uh, verses 1 and 2 again. I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now skip to verse 6. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So we want to start with asking ourselves, do I have a relationship with God? We see there's two categories of branches here. There are branches that produce fruit, uh, and there are branches that do not. So some of these branches are connected, and some are not. Some will bear fruit by abiding, and some will be withered and taken away. Some of these branches have a relationship with the vine, and some of them don't. So our first question is, do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the vine? It's a very plain parable. It says right in there, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. That means we are the branches. And we fall into the, one of those two categories. And do we have that relationship with the vine? So have we trusted God for salvation and become a part of the family of God? We see that a person can be a branch and not connected and not producing fruit. Um, and it doesn't matter um, what, what the appearance of fruit may look like if you don't have that relationship. So a person could have the appearance of bearing fruit, could be a churchgoer, could live by a good moral code, could love their families and volunteer in the community. But those good works and the appearance of bearing fruit do not equal a personal relationship with God. And good works will not inherit eternal life or earn salvation. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, we see that it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons, and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. That relationship was not there. So no matter how impressive the things that we are trying to accomplish are, and in Matthew, he, he pointed out things that were real achievements, really spiritually impressive. But if those things are not a part of the relationship with God, if you do not have that relationship, that's the thing, that's the thing that you're going to need to be a part of God's family, to inherit eternal life, and to bear actual fruit like we see in this parable. So ask yourself if you have that assurance. Are you in a relationship with Christ or are you simply a part of a religious culture? Are you in a relationship with Christ or have you simply remained me-centered while still being involved in church and having the appearance of good works? However, if we believe in what John 3.16 says, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and we accept by faith that the work of Christ on the cross to pay for our sins uh, was sufficient and we've decided to have that relationship and, and, and accepted what Jesus has done and, and invited him into our hearts, then we can be considered a child of, of God. We can be considered a branch that is attached to the vine. 
John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say that I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Spirit gives, uh, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And without acceptance by faith of the work of Christ, we are still dead in our spirits and we are dead branches on the vine waiting for the fire. So when we look at the parable of the vines, we answer that first question. Do we have a relationship with God? And we only will have a relationship with God if we've decided that, if we've accepted that truth. Okay, so the next question we ask ourselves now, uh, we see in verses three and four, am I bearing fruit? It says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And that is in reference to the, to the, the branches that have that relationship with the vine. Um, it, it means our hearts are clean. Uh, we've, been, we've been justified by Christ and our status is now one of a family member. Okay, verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So am I bearing fruit? There is a branch that won't bear fruit. Uh, it has no relationship with the vine, and that's the scenario we just talked about. And then there are the branches that have a relationship with Christ, but we're still way down on that spectrum. Our fruit bearing is weak, little, close to non-existent. And we see in verse 4 that we cannot bear fruit by ourselves. And we are also implored to abide in Christ in order to bear fruit. Okay, so if we see the, the imploring going on, in fact, the words abide in me occur uh, almost in every verse in our scripture passage, over and over again, abide in me so that you can bear fruit. So with, when we see that we're being implored to abide in me, we, that means there's the possibility that we're not abiding in him. And abiding is a choice, and it's one that we can neglect. So there's a major uh, research study just done this last year uh, by Lifeway Research. And uh, they completed it last spring. It was a study on Protestant churches in America. These are churches similar to ours, Bible-believing churches. The results showed that only 30% are growing churches. 70% of churches, Protestant churches in America, similar to ours, are not growing. 70% of churches are staying the same or getting smaller. Now, yet by their nature, we know they're probably all organized with the intent on growth, missions, evangelism, reaching out, studying the Bible, proclaiming God's word. We know that that's a part of their organizational DNA. So how can they not be growing? And is it, is it possible this morning that some of us are here and we are in a healthy growing church, but we're making the same kind of mistake on an individual level? See, we can be branches that do not remain in the vine. We can be branches that do not abide in the vine. We can be separate. We can be distant. We can be in an unfruitful pattern of connecting and then disconnecting. And we're familiar with that. That's, that's the modern day equivalent of abiding. So I, we, we focus on the word abiding. We see the parable of the vine and branches as being really relevant to the agricultural uh, a culture of the day, and we have a more of a technology culture, right? So what do we like to say? We're connected, and then we're disconnected. 
So how many, can you imagine your computer, your tablet, your smartphone uh, without a signal or an internet connection all of a sudden? See, one moment you're trying to get work done and then suddenly connectivity trouble. No signal, no internet available. How useful are these devices when that happens? They're still working devices. There's nothing actually wrong with the device. It's just, just like the day you pull it out of the package. It's got all the parts working, but they're no longer connected. They're not, uh, the ability for them to be useful is, is taken almost completely away. There's very, it's very limiting when, when we don't have a connection. And if we were in a situation where it was connected and then it lost a connection, we'd probably just throw our hands here. I know, I, even if it happens once to me in an afternoon, I'm just like, what's going on? I mean, like, I can't use my device. So connect, what if we had the attitude where we connect to God and then we disconnect? Then we connect and then we disconnect. Then we connect and then we disconnect. Are we gonna be bearing much fruit? It's not, it's not gonna happen. Uh, so what is bearing fruit? This translated word is used 60 times in the New Testament. It's a verb pronounced, uh, if you use a properly applied Wisconsin accent, it'll sound like the Egyptian king Pharaoh. Uh, the word's pharaoh. And pharaoh is most frequently translated as bring, brings, bringing, brought, bear, bearing, bears, carrying, carry. And I'm an action-oriented person. So when I hear all these words, I think of one thing. You're getting something from point A to point B. And so our job for branches all right, this is going to be point A over here, is to connect at point A and to remain in a good connection. Okay, we want to connect. This is point A. And moving through us to point B over here is something that did not originate in us. It originated in the vine. It just moves through us. And moving through us uh, is, is the thing that the vine is responsible for, the fruit. The vine is responsible for the fruit, it moves through us and it grows as a result of that. That means we cannot just go over here to point B and go to work and expect to see fruit. Because our job's over here at point A to remain connected to the vine. And so we are merely just the vessels in the pipeline for something. And what is that something? That something is God's word, God's spirit. And God's word is alive it is active, and it can bring forth life. And look in John chapter 6, verse 63. It says that the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. It is God's word that moves through us from point A to point B, filling us up and bearing fruit in our lives by the Spirit. And what is the fruit that my life is bearing? What is this fruit? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. If we allow the Spirit to move through us, we will see these qualities mature in us and if we have a relationship with him and are abiding in him, we will see these qualities in our life and we'll see them mature. But we cannot see these qualities if we get disconnected. 
<clears throat> I've skinned my knuckles quite a few times in the backyard trying to get uh, the garden hose uh, on the hose bib on my house. I have like a stone house and there's just not enough room to get my fingers back there and I'm always twisting away. It always seems like there's a struggle for me to get it just right and make sure it's tight enough before I turn it on. That, that stream of water always hits me in the pants or the face. And, and it's always, so more often than not, I have to tighten it again after getting a little wet on the first try. And after I tighten it again and turn it back on again and check it, um, I always walk down to the other end of the hose and see, uh, is the water coming out the right way? And if, if the valve's wide open, uh, I'll see a good amount of pressure of water coming out the hose. And we should expect the same thing. We should see the spirits uh, flowing through us, and we would see the fruits of the Spirit flowing out in our lives. Now, if I took my garden hose and I put it by the vegetable garden, there might be a chance that something will grow. And if I have the fruit of the Spirit in my lives, there's a chance that we'll also see growth around us as well. And we can intentionally seek opportunities as God's will guides us. And both having the water flow through the hose... And the growth that it produces are ways for us to know if that hose is properly connected. And both the fruits of the Spirit and the growth around us are ways for us to know if we're properly abiding in the vine. So it brings us to our third question. How do I abide in Christ? Before we, before we answer that, I want to ask you, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to abide in Christ? Because it's not going to matter how, if we ask ourselves the question, if I, if I truly want to abide in him, or do I just want to be a better me? Do you want to be a better you, or do you want to abide in Christ? Do you want to abide in Christ, or do you want to be independent? How appealing does it really sound to abide in him? See, there's a reason most churches with mission statements and committees and programs and events don't grow. It's because we don't want to abide in the vine. We don't want to give up control of our lives. I don't want to give up control of my life. Most of the time, I think I know better than God. I have experienced things in my life that, in the back of my head, they tell me not to trust. I have trouble trusting God, and I'm slow and I'm reluctant to abide in him. Well, I'll follow the rules the best I can. I'll believe that he's my salvation. I'll live the Christian life. But am I motivated to abide fully in him? And too often, the answer is no. So when does it become a yes for me? It becomes a yes when I... I have something come up in my life that I can't deal with. And in generally speaking, for us, these are things that are usually about family and relationship issues. It's our physical needs. It's uncertainty about the future or a tragedy in our life. And then, we, and then I'll realize when I'm dealing with something that I can't control, that I can't fully handle, uh, that I only have one place to turn. I only have one hope. There's only one true God there out there. And there's substitutes, there's counterfeits, uh, but I know that God loves me even when my heart is far from him. And then I turn back, hoping to get the things that I need. And I think about how his ways are above my ways. 
And I consider how ideal it would be to just lay it all down before him. All the planning, all the trying, all the work, all the goals, and then just lay it down and receive from him the things that he's intended for me. And it's during these moments when I'm open to abiding in him, to drawing close to him and staying there. So you may need to ready your heart to draw near to him. If you want to abide in Christ, you actually need to want to abide in Christ and have your heart ready to do that. But in this passage, we see three principles that we need to utilize in order to abide in him. And the first one is that pruning will occur. The second one is that God's word should be abiding in us. And the third one is that we can ask for whatever we wish. But pruning will occur in all branches that are connected to the vine. And this word pruning comes from a Greek word, uh, the root word, which means clean and pure. So when God is pruning us as, as branches, what he's actually doing is cleansing us, purging us of impurity so that we may more fully abide in him. Pruning is designed to keep us bearing fruit. It's our sinful pursuits that separate us from God and it is his work of pruning that brings us back together. Now see, look what I just done. Pruning sounds like you just took it apart. But when we think of it, it's the cleansing power when we go astray, it's the pruning is what reconnects us. It's what brings us back together. And during pruning, our sin, the cause of our separation, will be identified, and God will work to purge it, prune, cleanse, discipline, and restore our connection to him. So I ask the question right now, during this pruning process, does God force us to reconnect to him and abide in him? Does God force us to walk in the spirit and have the word of God alive in us to bear fruit? Does he force this through pruning? The answer is no. No, we want to be able to help him. We want to be able to help him enable that. We want to be a part of the pruning process. He doesn't force it on us. He doesn't work against us. We need to participate with him in identifying our sins, the things that separated us from, the things that disconnected us. We need to be a part of that. We need to confess our sins. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is after confession that we can be restored to a place of abiding in him. You have to remember, this is a relationship that we enjoy. It's not a religious system. And we can't gloss over the confession and the relational restoration that needs to happen when we disconnect. And we've all been there in our real world relationships. We've wronged a friend or a loved one, and now we're at a distance. There's a disconnect. And that we can't amend that by better behavior. There needs to be an apology. We have to move towards that person and find forgiveness and reestablish closeness. 
We can't, we can't have done something wrong in our relationships, feel that distance, and then just maintain our ground and feel bad about what we've done <clears throat> and vow to do better next time but not move towards that person in some kind of a communication. Okay, so this is the same thing with God. He is asking to have a relationship with us. He is not asking us to be star performers. He is not asking us to bear fruit on our own. He is not asking us to try our best not to sin. He is not seeing if we can make a difference in this world while he sits back at the scorer's table and evaluates us. He longs to know us, love us, and have us in love with him. And when our relationship drifts, he wants to cleanse us and make the relationship close again. And he wants what we see in verse 7 to be our reality. Abide in me, and my words will abide in you. And let's ask ourselves, are we in God's word enough? Like really ask yourself right now. Back your head right. Are you in God's word enough? Am I in God's word enough? What's your answer right now silently in yourself in your thoughts? If it's if it's no, I'm not in God's word enough, then you have a chance this morning. Make a plan to get yourself in God's word more. That's what this time of year is all about. Really make an actual plan this morning. How will I get in God's word more? Fall in love with God's word. Hunger for God's word. This is how we fall in love with God and draw near to him and become fruitful. Look what Psalm chapter one says in verse one through three. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And this passage gives us a picture of a person who can resist the inclinations of the flesh and this person is guarding their associations and their activities and they, by developing a thirst for the word of God, we can avoid the temptations and the troubles that moves us away from our connection that we've had with God. It is by soaking in the truth of the scripture which will allow us to remain connected and bear fruit. And we will bear fruit like that tree that we see in Psalm 1, planted by the streams of water. And this is a picture of the spirit of God in us, with the words of God alive in us. And are the words of the scripture our meditations right now? Do we have enough of God's word flowing through us to bear fruit? Are the thoughts in our head that of scripture? Are the words of scripture the songs in our heart? You know, if this new year means you are looking for a new you, then God's word is how we do it. And the third principle of abiding in Christ is asking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And we see this mentioned again in 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, 
We know that we have what we asked of him. Okay? Well, this sounds kind of interesting. What should we ask for? Is this where we all get to have a new helicopter to fly to church in? Uh, God doesn't say this just to have an outrageous promise in God's word to get our attention. It's not a trick of literature where we interpret it around. It actually works the way it's stated. And that's why we had two, I found, uh, that's why I put two different places out there. If our hearts could have anything of value and we are abiding in Christ, what do you think we would want? You think we'd want something temporary? Something that would collect dust or rust? Something the moths or the thieves would target? No. These things are of little eternal value. If what we love the most is abiding in him and having his spirit bear fruit in our lives, then we will be asking for the things that he naturally wants to accomplish in our lives. We will be asking for the fruits of the spirit. We will be asking for our times of Bible reading to edify us. We will be asking for the spirit of God to use us to reach others. We will sense how to ask for blessing in the lives of those around us. We will ask for wisdom in dealing with people. We will ask for wisdom discerning our thoughts and our motives so that we don't sin. We will confess our sins and ask to be kept pure. And we'll be asked to be in step with God's will. We will ask to abide in him and for others to do the same. So as we approach this new year and we examine the teachings of the vine and the branches, it is my hope that we will resolve to abide in him and that we would have a relationship with him and that in our relationship we would understand that it is the vine that bears fruit through the branch. And by seeing the fruit of the spirit pour out of us, we will know that we are abiding in him. And we will know that God loves us and wants us to engage in the relationship of knowing him, loving him, and remaining in him so that he can accomplish his, his purpose in us. And we understand that he is going to constantly work to cleanse us and to draw us near to him and away from our empty pursuits. And in order to stay close to him, we need to confess our sins and be forgiven. And it is by staying in the word and having the word in us that we can stay in step with the spirit. And by abiding in him, we value the things of eternal significance and we can ask for whatever we wish and he will answer. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we desire to abide in you. And we know that apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord, we ask that you would just cleanse us from our sins and draw us near to you, that you'd soften our hearts and humble our spirits so that we are open to your leading. We praise you for demonstrating such love to us that you can pursue us even as we remained in sin. And we ask that you'd provide for us a hunger and a thirst to, to go into your word. Uh, we want to be able to see you and your spirit take that word and that life-giving spirit and, and create fruit in us 
And we want to see that, that, that fruit affect the relationships, the witness that we have for you, the growth around us. And Lord, we want to walk into this new year knowing that it's not a religious system that we are engaged in or a Christian culture. We want to walk into this new year knowing that drawing near to you is something that we need to fight for. Uh, Lord, that we need to invest our complete mind, uh, soul, and heart and uh, in, in, in remaining in you, no matter what the context of things that are going on around us. Uh, so, Lord, uh, g- g- let us ask for this thing that's of the utmost value and that, you'd, that if our hearts are hungry and ready for you, uh, that you'd meet us where we're at this morning. In Jesus' name.